Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is intended solely for the purpose of personal growth and not as a replacement for professional psychological support. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of this show are not meant to be taken as medical advice. It is very important to seek the help of a qualified medical practitioner when making any shifts to psychiatric medication you may be taking, or if you are experiencing extreme psychological distress. where we share effective tips and practices for working with adult ADD, ADHD in a natural, effective way without the use of medications. Each episode, join me, your host, Batman Saram, along with the author of The Drummer and the Great Mountain, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Join Michael and myself in an interactive discussion of sharing our stories as we journey together in transforming what can be the gift of being what we call hunter types. This podcast is intended to be your audio companion to the book written by Michael, who joins me each episode where we both will strive to foster dialogue, give you our personal insights, and share both of our experiences on this similar path that we are all on. Our intention and hope is that along with the book, this podcast gives you an additional perspective as you listen to us delve deeper into each chapter of the book to give you even more tools to go along with what it is that you are reading. Visit us at drummerandthegreatmountain.com to purchase the book and look for more tools, tips, and updates, as well as giving us feedback on this podcast. Join our growing global community of creative types, entrepreneurs, and out-of-the-box thinkers on our shared journey. Welcome to the Drummer and the Great Mountain podcast. Are you feeling good? Are you feeling alive? Are you feeling inspired? If you are, you have Arthur Lee Land to thank our guest today on the podcast. That was just a real short clip of one of his many, many, many amazing, absolutely beautiful composition. That one is an instrumental version of his song called Cracked Open.
Arthur joined us on the uh, podcast, which I'll take you to, the interview with Michael and myself. Uh, Going to play Cracked Open and another amazing song called Good Enough in full at the end of the podcast like we always do. This time it'll be Arthur's music. Arthur is at ArthurLeeLand.com. That's his main website. And another project of his, which will just blow your mind away as if his original compositions, his music already doesn't. He's also part of something else that he's created called The Art of Live Looping. And that's literally at artoflivelooping.com. All those links will be on our website. And now let me get into a little bit about um, why I wanted to just give you some words before I take you to this interview today. Arthur is a musician. It's what he does. It's who he is. He's an artist full-time. He also happens to be a hunter type. So you can imagine how excited Michael and I were when he reached out to us. And um, what you'll hear today is three musicians, 300 types in the same room, which can be scary. Uh, But it was actually, uh, all kidding aside, absolutely joyous. Uh, Michael and I are still kind of a little bit buzzing from um, being able to hook up with Arthur, who reached out to us. And, and, And for you to know how genuine it is when we say, as if you don't already let us know how you're doing with The Drummer in the Great Mountain. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Let us know what you think of the book. Arthur reached out to us, and then Michael literally emailed me one day and said, look at this guy's music. Look at what this guy's doing with music in his life. And he's a hunter type that's working on the transformation process. We should talk to him. And uh, I heard one of his songs, one of many of his songs, and immediately said, yes, there is no doubt he has to be on with us. Um, our conversation goes from learning about Arthur to um, his life in music and his life as a hunter type. There's a lot. He is such a genuine soul, such a caring individual. You know, he's also part of this um, organization called Able Child. Please check it out. Able Child will have information um, on our website to, so you can link to it and see. It's an amazing, amazing organization. It's a nonprofit organization helping parents of kids with uh, children with uh, ADD, ADHD. Um, Arthur has like a song that the organization picked up and now he's working with them. More details on that in the interview called Good Enough. Um, Let me tell you, if you're going to sit down and listen to Good Enough and watch the music video, we'll have the links to it on the website. Um, Get ready to, to get pretty pretty moved um i've watched the music video twice and it has yet failed to move me full through i've watched it twice i I actually can't stop once i start it's such a beautiful song the lyrics are amazing it's about being a child with being diagnosed labeled as adhd but a lot of other things about arthur's life which just all of it make up the man that is um, and you know, once again, to tell you how genuine I am, that I am blown away by this man. I told him after our interview, he has a new fan. I'm going to follow him, follow his music because it's people like this that honestly, as a musician myself, that you hear, you're like, how is it? I didn't, I haven't heard of this guy. How is it possible? His talent is the size of the universe and beyond. And so is his heart. And so is his genuine juice as Michael describes it, that he brings to the table. So that's a little bit about Arthur. Again, his websites are ArthurLeeLand.com, and please check out ArtOfLiveLooping.com. And without 
any further hesitation, I'll stop my blabbering and take you to this amazing interview with musician, educator, hunter type on the transformational path that we were lucky enough to have on the Drummer and the Great Mountain Podcast. Take you now to our conversation with Arthur Leland. Enjoy. Well, it's been a while, my friends. It has been a while, but hunters sometimes have to go into the mountains and gather, and then we return. And so we do return here with you on another beautiful day here in Southern California. Welcome to The Drummer and the Great Mountain Podcast, your audio guide to the book by Michael Joseph Ferguson by the same name, The Drummer and the Great Mountain. We had um, taken a couple weeks off, well needed for both of us, um, but we told you in the beginning of the year is we'll be doing some different things um, with this podcast, and uh, it's it's sometimes good to step away. It's something we've talked about, Michael's talked about in the book, just to, just to take a, a high-level look at things by stepping away. And uh, that also enables us to, to get the juice, as Michael calls it, to, to bring you something special. So know that anytime we go away, there's something good on the other side. And um, that good is a gentleman by the name of Arthur Leland. You heard some of his music already in the run-up to, to our interview today. And um, I can't tell you what a distinct pleasure it's been for Michael and myself to talk to another musician, but not only another musician, an amazing musician, and an amazing artist who also happens to be a hunter type. Um, last time we had Sarah Hutchinson on, who's more of a farmer type, but knows about helping us hunter types. Now today, uh, we got three hunter types on the line, so honestly, who knows what's going to happen. Arthur, <laughs> welcome to welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you. It's great to be here, and uh, three hunters in the room is going to get fun. I know that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to follow the bouncing ball. Um, I think I think for our audience, you know, hearing the music is is great, and we'll have all your links. Um, by the time people hear this, they're hopefully on the website and looking at your links and looking at all the amazing stuff you do. But no better way to kind of get us into it if you could just tell tell our audience just briefly about you and and music and uh, what makes you, or maybe when did you kind of come to the realization about music, art, and, and being a hunter type? Well, I think that spans a, a longer time. I can say that when I was like five years old, I was putting round pillows on the couch with chopsticks and going, you know, watching TV, watching uh, Dick, actually now I'm going to really date myself, watching Dick Clark Bandstand, right? So sure. uh, um, <laughs> um, anyway, so I was doing that whole thing, and then Probably when I was in third grade, uh, I started playing drums, but my parents would never get me a full kit, so I just had like a hi-hat and a snare, and uh, and used to you know wear those huge big cost headphones and friggin' rock out to to uh, you know rock out to like James Taylor Fire and Rain, you know heavy rocking out to James Taylor uh, and uh, or Buddy Miles, you know just all my sister's records and Beatles stuff, whatever. So then and then when I was uh, 16 and um you know and the thing is i got kicked out of first grade they told me they were like uh uh you go home for lunch and then they were like dude stay home after lunch just stay home and and so <laughs> they didn't say dude but anyway so i i got kicked out of first grade i only st I stayed mostly in the mornings there uh at a public school and then in um Fifth grade, that's when they called me hyperactive, and I, and they didn't have words for ADHD back then. And they gave me Ritalin for I was on Ritalin for a couple of years, uh, and then I in high school I started playing. I was 
you know, sent away to a, to a kind of a prep school, lame prep school in uh, Maine. Uh, I was growing up in the, in the suburbs of uh, Chicago. And so I went there and, and uh, at the end of that thing, I ended up picking up a strat in the basement of the, of the, one of the halls and, and just somebody taught me like some of the chords, the little wing. And, and that was kind of it from, that point, I ended up coming back home, borrowing a guitar because I'd been playing drums a little bit before that, and so the guitar was just, um, you know, the the thing. And then I was, you know, early on in my first band, I was kind of like a, you know, a Bob Weir clone, and into the Grateful Dead and the Almond Brothers, and and Clapton and stuff, and loved the, you know, that that kind of. Uh, once I started soloing, blah blah blah. But then when I got into it, on the road with a country band. I got into the Telecaster, and that was like, and that's not really apparent on the record that my, this last record, but it is in this other project, Great American Taxi, that I'm in. And, and when I heard the sound of the Telecaster and the B, the kind of country chicken picking thing, I freaked out and was like, "How do I get that?" And then fast forward to like, for you know, my late 30s, I read Tom Hartman's book. Um, called uh, ADD, A Different Perception, The Hunter and the Farmer's World book. Yeah. And that was the huge reframe because I was like, oh, my God, this doesn't go away. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> – and like and, – and of course, like he – you know, he puts it in perspective of like, look at all these different people. You know, the, the – the, you know, and, and, you know, a critic could go, oh, he's cherry-picking all these great people that you can't – but it's like you look at the – the Edisons and the Einsteins and the, and the Benjamin yeah. Franklin's, all these people that he kind of, but you look at their track record in school and how they were and what their, yeah. what their kind of modalities were that were documented. You'd got, you'd be like, dude, that's like, that is the whole, uh, Hunter thing. And so, and it's interesting that, that I've also heard that the, the gifted, talented and gifted checklist is also the, uh, diagnosis checklist for ADHD and ADD. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. Reframe. Yeah, yeah. I, I that's I hadn't actually heard that, but I I almost I guess hearing you say that I wouldn't be surprised because I think that's what that's what you mentioned earlier. I think that's where back then today we we mix these things up. I mean, Michael, I'll I'll kind of pass the baton to you here, but that that strikes me as very common back then when we were kids and and. And probably now, too, that kind of misunderstanding, that's a beautiful thing he said. If you look at what it is to be an inspired free spirit, someone would also think you or your ADHD. Well, you know what? I, I just – it was occurred to me as you were saying that that I gave a talk recently to a school, a charter school. And one of the teachers came up to me after and said that all of his – the smartest students that he noticed that were – that. In, like had dialed in like a certain field that they were really interested in were all hunter types. He says they were all, all of them were like, they, they could, they, they were, had challenges focusing, but they were into like, you know, music and had all these different interests and, um, and they were clearly gifted, but also clearly hunter types. So that, you know, that's, this is the world we're, we're, uh, we're talking about. So in, in terms of Arthur, so with your, with your background, I mean, just to give the audience some perspective, I mean, how long have you been uh, actively a uh, full-time professional musician? And, and like, at what point did you realize you could make a living doing it? Well, I think, you know, I mean, I started obviously 
making money playing gigs in college, you know, and, and uh, right after high school. Uh, and then, then I went on the road with this country band. Um, and that was like a full, you know, that was like a full time gig. And it was interesting because I was like, <clears throat> I had one, I had the, one of those, like the write a letter to God type of, uh, you know, situation where you, you kind of surrender what you want uh, and you say, and you just write this letter, you know, to, uh, to the, you know, the inner master, whatever you want to call God or, or spirit or your, you know, guru or whatever, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's the point is you're releasing it and you're saying, you know, spirit, help me. This is what I want to do. And I don't know how to do it. So just, you know, but this is what I want. And this is what I think, you know, this is that. So anyway, I did that. And the next day I found this ad, uh, <laughs> for this like country band i'm in, in you know i'm in the north shore of chicago growing up and i mm. see this band you know and i was a totally like you know again i was one of those like uh hippie kids that you know uh what do you want to say um you know suburban suburban upper middle class kids and then you know a lot of uh a lot of um what do you say during that time period? A lot of self-medicating for for yes. you know for consciousness, right? That you, you yeah. know. Uh, and then I quit everything at twenty. Right before I turned twenty-one, I quit huh. everything wow. uh, for the spiritual path, and I was done with that. And so by the time this, like, I was at this point where I wrote this letter, uh, I was like. Um, this I, next day, I found this article that said, "Hey, you know, this is the country band we're auditioning." Blah blah blah. And so then I ended up being on the road with this totally. It was totally cheesy, but it was awesome for me to make a living full time in a tour bus, going yeah. on, you know, wearing these freaking going from a total hippie kid to wearing like <laughs> rhinestone leisure suits, nice. polyester leisure suits. I mean, you gotta bring those back. Totally, it was totally cheesy, but anyway, the point was that's where I also heard Ray Flack on Highway Forty Blues. Ricky Skaggs song play the Telecaster and I was like holy crap that is the most amazing sound and I gotta make that happen and so then that's where I went and then so I made my living for years as a sideman and I was in Southern California I played with Jan Brown I don't know if you know who she is she was a country singer uh, kind of in the Emmy Lou Harris mode and we got used it. to okay. we used to play all over stuff we were in, I was living in Laguna, Laguna Beach we got married in Laguna my wife Ish. and I Carol Lee oh wow uh, who happens to also be my uh, lyricist and life partner and songwriting partner. And so, um, but that was, you know, I, you know, I got that back then. And then it was kind of like, you know, as time goes on, you, you're, it's, you know, as you guys talked about in your uh, reframing your relationship with money, there is like, yeah. um, I didn't necessarily do it. So it was kind of like the, the typical thing was, okay, you're playing music or you got a day job and you're, and yeah. you're, and you're like, when you got full time music stuff happening, great, you're just doing that. And then other times you got to take a day job, you know, until the full time gig happens again, right? And so it's yeah. kind of that that thing. But what I loved about one of the things that I loved about what you guys talked about in the reframing chapter was the whole thing about um, that there is, you know, that you have lots of other gifts too. And I think, and I think when you think about it, pre internet. Uh, there was much less option to really capitalize on those things because yeah. we weren't an information-based society with instant, you know, uh, wow, I can give this to people or, or or sell this to people instantly, something that I know how to do. You know what I mean? Like sure. yes. teaching or coaching, whatever. So 
so back then it was kind of like you know gigs or day gigs and and uh, but that you know I I to answer your question in a in a long uh, round way way I figured out pretty early on that that's what I could do and as a sideman uh, playing you know country music and then doing my things and I moved to Nashville and I this I've been all we've moved all over the place in different places where uh, I followed kind of the muse and my whole thing and and. Uh, but I was always making making a living doing it, and then you know having to do a day job for a while, and then making a living doing it. You know, as as you know, I mean, I, I worked at a restaurant in Nashville. My wife Carolee and I worked at the Slice of Life, which was the new age health food restaurant in the eighties. Victor <laughs> Wooten, Victor Wooten was selling ah, muffins. He was selling no muffins in front. Wow! I was hosting tables, uh, and then waiting. So my Carol was waiting tables and waiting on freaking. Every, you know, I mean, everybody went there. It was like the unless you were like old school steak and potatoes. Like you know the 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 Rodney Krause and Roseanne Cash and the Newgrass Revival and just like you know and Clapton comes to town and James Taylor that's everyone we went there. And I so, have to I have to say sorry to interrupt, but no, no. Th- these things these kinds of things are not accident. I'm literally looking at the front of the book, the music lesson by Victor Wooten because he's oh, yeah. he's an absolute idol and uh, that's crazy that you guys kind of were in the same shop there doing that that musician daytime till the till the nighttime thing kicks in what's even crazier about that is that is the time period that is in that book no i read the book way. it's absolutely oh, the cool. time period it's so cool and he huh. and he did the first and carol was working the first uh flectones gig uh-huh uh, he played every thursday night playing two basses one on a stand on a table and then right. one strapped on his thing and he would you know fret the one on the table and then t- tap the other one and then he'd sing and so he did a solo gig every thursday night and then one night he had bail at fleck and and uh and Future Man, his brother, came in, and yeah. they did the first Flectones gig, and it was just so out. Carol couldn't even, like, keep her lists in her head together, and she finally <laughs> was like, I can't play on Thursdays if the Flectones are playing because it's wow. screwing with my, <laughs> with my like, you know, my focus of <laughs> of lists and order because it was so out. <laughs> oh, they are. They, are, they definitely are outside the box. I've, I've loved them for years. You know, Michael asked you just, and you gave us a great perspective for, for those artists listening out there, you know, this, a lot of this is going to sound absolutely familiar. It's going to, it's going to hit home. Now I want to, I want to continue that too, and talk about, give us the perspective. Cause this is one of those things I feel like, uh, I know Michael and I've talked about offline that we talk about it so much. This is one of those things we'd love to hear now, especially someone like us, a musician artist who happens to be a hunter type. Tell us in your just let's put it in the box of being a musician, an artist. Tell us the what you found to be the pluses and the minuses of this wiring. Again, that's how we describe it. We've been describing it here, and you're into the book, so you know this reframing of that it's just a wiring. Tell us your Arthur's experience, the pluses and the minuses, and kind of what brought you to to integrating this material of, of the book and, and getting into to to what we do here. Well, I think the you know the Probably the biggest, uh, one of the biggest gifts, anyway, is just the the energy and focus towards being on the hunt. And the hunt can last three seconds, and it can last for hours and hours of hyper focus. Like you know, when we're in this, for example, that's the like when you're in the studio. That's a really great example of just going deep and like just 
being all about it. It's like, that's a very, and then obviously on the gigs and stuff like that. But, uh, so there's, you know, so that there's a hyper focus, uh, is a big deal. And then, um, what else do I want to say? It's, uh, you know, all these kind of traits of, of, uh, thinking outside the box, taking risks, you know, uh, scanning the environment, being sensitive. I think there's a, there's a book by another uh, woman called The ADD Myth, and she talks about the five intensities. And, uh, and I think, um, you know, uh, and your friend Tina Harlow talks about the, 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 you know, working with gifted kids who get labeled as ADHD, and they're, and they're actually super gifted. So, and they have these areas of intensity. And that intensity may be uh, indifferent, physical, maybe emotional, maybe a certain, it's like there, there's, uh, or, or, or certain sensitivities. So those are all the pieces that make, um, you know, make it uh, a super gift in certain areas that they excel in, which um, uh, which is the positive thing. And the and the and the, the drawback is sometimes the lack of you know of organizational skills of time of time being you know losing track of time because you're so into the moment or you're on this hunt and then and then if it's not. You know, you have to be able to follow. I, I, I the joke I like to say is like it's a continuously repeating loop. Uh, like I'm, I'm like in a conversation, and you you think, oh, I'm going off on this tangent. I'm like, no, dude, it's just a loop. It's just we haven't got back to the downbeat yet. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. like you know, it'll come back. Trust me. But so the there's that piece, and I I feel like uh, um, the whole reframe. First of all, I mean, I feel like this whole hunter-farmer thing is a huge movement. It needs to be reframed worldwide for that piece because the other piece that comes into that is like far hunters are um, are the are wired the way they are, and farmers are wired wired the way they are, and they need to work together. It's like I told yeah. Michael when we were talking the other day about the, the, the classic music artist versus the music business, uh, you know, the businessman, the, you know, fight, you know, the businessmen don't understand the artists and the artists don't understand the business, blah, blah. That's kind of a typical hunter farmer, you know, thing. And, and my little joke that I've said for a while is like a hunter can start the business, but don't have him run it because yeah. they, they can't do the day to day, you know, just like sit in the cubicle Manage and do it. the same things. Yeah, they can't do that. But like if they don't, they're the ones who like, let's get this thing going. And we got, you know, and it's like the innovators and, and that whole thing. And then it's the same thing. You know, the record business, the artists create the stuff and then the record company has to like package it and do it. And then of course they want to go, well, we want another hit just like the other one. And the artist is like, no, I'm on to something else. Well, I think that's also... And we all have different experiences on this path, but I, th hearing you say that, it, I guess it it shouldn't surprise me, and yet it does, because we all have, have friends. We've all struggled to make it, whatever your, you know, definition of making it in this crazy business and art that is being a musician. Point is, is that's why you see so many super talented. I mean, people you hear play, pick an instrument, the guitar, and you're like. What is this person doing on a Tuesday night at this open mic coffee shop? I don't understand. How is this person not like touring with Clapton? And I found when I dig into those kinds of stories um, of these artists, it's exactly that. It's because if you think about 
making your career music, that's your business. That's running a business. Well, ideally, you should be focused on your talent and making that better and writing the songs. But if you're trying to market yourself and get out there and being the gig booker and the contracts, that's where, because as we know, not all artists are necessarily hunter types, but for those that are, that's why a lot of them don't make it. I mean, honestly, that's that's at least my point of view. I think kind of, Michael, we've talked about that before. Isn't that the same concept? Yeah, I think I think, you know, and, you know, the other side of that, though, is the record company. The guy that started the record company was most likely a hunter type. Oh, absolutely. So, like that's the, that's the, the irony is that, you know, I see that same personality in entrepreneurs, you know, across the board, too. And oh. then it, once it kind of stabilizes, as you say, into like, you know, the management, then it becomes a little more hard and structured. And uh, and then that plays out in our own day-to-day lives, you know, with relationships and everything like that. So I just want to ask one other question though, in terms of the pluses and minuses. So it sounds like you jumped, like you kind of missed the addiction train because you jumped out early. I mean, no, what has been, no. so what has been the challenges like on that front, if you care to share about, because I think yeah. a lot of people who are listening or, or have some, you know, challenges that they've been working on and it, just to get your perspective on it. Uh, hold on, my four shot espresso is coming up. Hang on, I gotta go over <laughs> again. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, you know, it's, this is part of our uh, this is part of our wiring, and that's this is why I feel like your work, taking it from where Tom Hartman took it, uh, is so powerful because of the neuroscience and the piece of understanding how our wiring is and the low dopamine thing and the, and the uh, and the 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 attraction to stimulants and which was what the whole, you know, the, the whole thing was, they told me like in fifth grade and this is like pre Starbucks, of course. So you're like, they're like, well, we can, you can take Ritalin or you can, or you can drink coffee. And like back then it was like Sanka and like Mrs. Folgers. (laughs) And you're like, but now I'm sure if like, you're like, Oh dude, I can go get a four shot espresso. Bam. Let's do it. So yes, that, the, the, the piece for me, so since, you know, and I was always, you know, <laughs> uh, without getting into the details, I was always like, well, if one is good, five yes. is way better. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's classic Hunter. That is Why classic Hunter. Right there. <laughs> so, there it is. Yeah, exactly. So so for me, <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, and I was really seeking in, in my whole kind of younger days when I was medicating in terms of actually doing you know, the, you know, the seventies and smoking pot and psychedelics and all that. That was all really about, uh, trying, uh, it was really about shifting the consciousness and wanting to get in the zone, you know, and, 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 and spiritual kind of a spiritual intention. It wasn't about, you know, getting wasted to, to be unconscious. It was more about wanting to get in this place. But then I realized it's like, there's a, you gotta be able to do this naturally. This is not, this is not, happening because the drawbacks are so are so intense and varied so anyway that once i kind of found the spiritual path that that i could focus on then it was like i was done with all that and so then the addiction shows up in other ways like i mean it didn't show up until i mean the coffee thing didn't show up until way later on but certainly sugar and uh um uh you know, eating, eating various, you know, it's like just any, because we get back to that whole thing. And I think this is going to be a really interesting part of the evolution of this science that we're talking about is from a psychological perspective is like 
if you're constantly trying to fill that hole because you were told you're not good enough or you're not doing it right or you're uh, you know constantly being badgered by your by your farmer parent, you know, like my yeah. dad wasn't a farmer. My dad was a total freaking ADD. Uh, sure. uh, um, There's the genes come from somewhere. Absolutely. And he was like, you know, he was the top of his field, executive vice president of Encyclopedia Britannica he, of sales. He basically, huh. he basically figured out how to duplicate himself and sell millions of books and it all rolled up to him. And it was like, he was like the greatest, just the greatest salesman. And that's a typical entrepreneurial hunter deal i mean he couldn't read well he, you know he got his friends to help him read i mean it, like the perfect example of his story was like his mom gave him like a quarter to, to cut the lawn and he went down the block and got the kid to do it for five cents you know it's like that's like that creative you know entrepreneurial spirit so uh my point was having my mother as the farmer constantly badgering and just you know trying to keep me in the box then that whole piece of how that shows up in your later life, which we talked about earlier, is that thing of like the self-criticism and the critic and blah, blah, blah. I think that's going to be a really interesting piece because it's those pieces that are you're trying to fill that void with whatever it is that you're using as your addiction because you don't want to feel the pain around all that stuff, too. So that's, you know, another part of it. I think it's interesting, too. It's just part of our conversation. I have to add before I ask my next question and... I have so many. Uh, Arthur, you you just might have to be on the show much more often. So I hope I hope that's okay with your management. Um, <laughs> no, you know it's it's interesting what you said about. Uh, I guess you were in fifth grade, Ridlin, or you know, and, and now you know today a four shot espresso. I mean, it's kind of ironic that I remember back then when all this stuff was happening and the observations of kids and, and how they behave. Um, it's so funny, like you don't give caffeine to your child, do you? <laughs> it's like, no, I would never give coffee to my fifth grade, but, I'm, but I would give, you know, something else. So I, I find that interesting. With that in mind, um, you know, we'll, we have your bio on the website. We're going to talk about it in the pre-run-up. But I really want people to know about, you know, there's being a hunter type. You're on the path. You're on the transformational path. Wherever you are with it, it's, it sounds like you're grooving with it and you're, you're in a good place. But as we talked about, we all go back and forth. But the important part is that you're on the path. But let's go back to when we were all in whatever grade, fifth grade and fourth grade. Not only are you an amazing musician, not only are you an educator, not only do you do the art of live looping, there's this other thing you do, and it's with an organization called Able Child. So if you could just briefly tell our audience, what is Able Child? Like, what is it they do, and how did you get involved? Well, I've been doing – when I started uh, – because I'd already played – I always played in bands and stuff like that. And then when I started uh, in the early two, – like in 2000, I guess – I started looping. Actually, somebody told me, a very wise person told me in the, in, in the mid-90s, they were like, she was a, uh, oh, you probably know her, Kim Robertson, uh, the harp player. You guys probably know her. Uh, she's kind of in the new age movement. Anyway, she was like, I used to be a piano player, but I, but, um, I started playing harp because it was unique and nobody was doing it. She's like, try to find a way to be not just another guy with a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> so Good to advice. make a living and I was like wow that's brilliant and I and it took me years actually uh you know at least five four or five years to all of a sudden you know come up with I was playing these solo gigs uh, along with my band gigs in Chicago and whatever and and, uh, and I was like man it's so I can't 
you know, because I'm as a single note lead player, when you do that kind of thing, not like the Michael Hedges, Bruce Coburn, where you're playing like all the melody and all the chords at the same time. I was like, you know, a very single notey type of a, of a lead player. I was like, man, it's really boring just playing solo by yourself. You know, I'm gonna, you know, you can't solo over that, or when you do it, just without any backing, it just doesn't really work that well. And so, uh, some guy at Guitar Center was like, dude, you should get a looper. And I'm like, what's a looper? Uh, and so. Anyway, the, the long story short is I started this kind of process of uh, the art form of live looping. And I, of course, like the Julian Cameron, uh, Julia Cameron Artist Way book, you know, she says, you know, art is messy and you got to you got to be basically that I'm paraphrasing, but you got to be willing to suck early on because it's not that those kind of seedlings of creativity, if they get squashed, nothing ever happens. So you got to be willing to suck. So I was playing these bar gigs where I could loop badly and, and do it and just like not have the pressure and still get paid. And so I started delving into this whole art of live looping uh, art form. And so that became a huge passion. And as it, you know, went from just a guitar to vocal to a guitar to vocal, then I went to West Africa and I brought back drums with me and I was like, oh, I should bring them in a gig. And so then all of a sudden I got that and then I'm like, wow, I should bring a bass. Can the whole band sound from this whole kind of West African uh, thing that I got it from over there that I wanted to have all these multiple percussion parts and blah, blah, blah. So then, and then it was like, oh, I could add a guitar synth and then, oh, I got to bring my electric guitar for that. So I just kept continuing on this process of creating this whole like, band sound so and that is like the add mind at work the art of live looping it's like little hunts all the time but then to, to go forward to this thing i started doing um i had a program in the 90s called music for a happy heart and healthy planet and it was like a it was like a program that i did in the schools and i had like you know dat backing tracks and and a slideshow mm -hmm. that my friend did with him and stuff and i had these super kind of uplifting songs and blah 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 but that that's where i started doing this school educational outreach thing and then after i had been looping for about four years and i moved to colorado i was like man i should do this looping thing and because it's so uh, there's so many metaphors, like Victor Wooten's book is so great for taking principles of music and then putting in them into life principles. Like that's his whole, that's the whole gig of that book. So I was like the same thing with the art of live looping. There are all these principles like, you know, a musical life skill of listening can help you find your melody and rhythm in life and, and help create harmony and harmony is just getting along with others, like just stuff like that. So I was like, yes. I was like, uh, I started doing that. And so then I was at a, uh, a you know, uh, talking to the others. And it was, it's amazing when I do my school program, they always come up to me afterwards and they'll be like, cause I'll get people, kids up and we'll loop up a song and we'll do found object for the younger kids. And for the older kids who actually can play, I'll get those kids up and then we'll have a bunch of kids sing and blah, blah, blah. So we, you know, we create a song on the fly and, um, but I, I they would be like, and I pick kids out of the audience and they would always say, I can't believe you picked like the, you know, like our classic ADHD kids. And I'm like, yeah, it's not. A, and I just do it totally intuitively. It's like, it's like, it's, you know, we're like magnets to each other. So it's I was like, gonna exactly. say, yeah, you're, 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 you're drawn to each other. I'm sure. Oh yeah. It's yeah. And so, but the, so the, to get to your, to, to, you know, to answer your question. So I, I did that. And one day I, I, I talked to this, um, uh, this, you know, one of the administrators and she's like, Oh, you should check this guy out. Uh, and now I can't remember his name because he's done some really cool thing uh, around the whole ADD thing, the reframing thing. And I'll, I'll find that. But he, I ended up reaching out to this guy 
And uh, um, and then he was like, hey, have you heard about Able Child? I saw that they, you know, he was on their board. It's, I don't know. It just So then I just reached out to these guys. Well, actually, I didn't even reach out at that point. I just went to their site and they were, they're basically, Able Child is parents and caregivers for a label, a drug and label free education uh, or label and drug free education. So they basically support parents and caregivers of kids with ADD and ADHD to navigate those whole waters. And they tend to get a little more like they're fighting the bigger legislative battles too, but their website is filled with, uh, um, you know, resources for the parents. And they were basically parents of kids who, uh, were total, you know, hunters and, and they wanted to put them on, 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 uh, you know, Ritland or whatever. And they were, the parents were like, I think there's some other ways and we're going to, you know, we're going to try to do something different. And so with, you know, like, uh, you got to have the championship of your parents. It's a big deal because it's a lot of pressure. So yes. anyway, that's how I found out. And I was like a big fan of them for years. And then when I came out with, uh, this, uh, record, our last, my last record cracked open, there was a song on it that I wrote called good enough, which all the songs, most of the songs that, I, we write and the CDs that we have out for Arthur Leland are songs that uh, my lyricist and wife of 30 years, Carol Lee, writes all the lyrics. And there's a few songs on Dragonfly that I've written the lyrics to, and then only one song in this next record. And I used to write all the lyrics back in the day, but once we started writing together, we were like, oh, this is really good. She's super, super talented. Nice. And, and so, um, so it was a whole other thing of working together. And it brought in a lot of other pieces that that i didn't do with my thing so it was very exciting but anyway the the um uh the point was that uh um this song good enough was my it's literally my life story and and it actually touches on you know it touches on the whole uh just many aspects of this hunter journey inc including dropping like a bomb around sexual abuse which when i saw Oprah's show where she had 200 men on talking about sexual abuse and their experience. I watched that mm -hmm. and was like, holy crap, I got to go there because it's part of my yeah. history. And I did it in a way yeah. that's very, you know, it's subtle, but I mean, it, it's a bomb. And, uh, and yeah. so, but it's a part of the story. And so it was like, uh, uh, um, when I had that song out, I contacted, uh, you know, Sheila and um, Patty from from uh, Able Child. And I was like, hey, I'd love to use this song to help raise awareness of what you guys are doing and hopefully makes helps raise some, you know, donation and fundraising, blah, blah, blah. And so we used a widget and then kind of did that whole thing. And and uh, and just that was my relationship with those guys is like I wanted, you know, I was kind of the rah-rah, you know, uh, role model of of that you know, the hunter type in creativity. And so, you know, I just love what they were doing. And then that's led me. And again, that was post reading the, uh, the post reframe of the, the great reframe of uh, ADD from Tom Hartman's book. And then that led me on to like finding you guys and finding other people who, mm. who are doing that kind of, you know, engaged in that conversation. But I think what you guys are doing is absolutely like, uh, this is the top, top, level of bringing this uh information out with all the updates in neuroscience and then all the super um awesome techniques like for example i love the whole thing about affirmations on your uh, as pop-ups on your iphone through gmail <laughs> and, and the google calendar that is like 
I just think now they sometimes annoy me because they come up all the time. I'm like, but it's it's mind blowingly simple, isn't it? Isn't it? Don't you find like you know we're we're so transparent here. I don't have any reason to to to. uh, Oh gosh, blow a wind up anyone's skirt for terms of a better word. But you know that's what also I loved about Michael's book. It's that it's these simple things that somehow as a hunter type we don't think of, but then when we do them, we're like, well, that's crazy how simple that is. But you know, it's the override. I call it the, I call it, um, overriding the wiring. That's the way I think of it is, is some of these more simpler techniques. All you're trying to do is just shorten the wiring, short circuit it just for a little bit till you get on a good path where the wiring, you know, is a benefit. So yeah, you know, little simple things like those reminders, um, they help. And, and I think for everyone, it's different. I mean, for me, the challenge with the, um, reminder was actually, um, doing it, you know, and that was a three month initial struggle. And I realized how used to, I was of not giving myself a chance. There's, there's a Michael and I think, I think discussed before there's a worthiness issue and it may be Arthur with the very thing that you mentioned before, you know, if, and you mentioned in good enough, I, I'm going to be going all over the place, but I have to mention this cause I don't, we, we need to wrap up, but I don't want to wrap up without saying how amazing this song good enough is for those in our audience. You, we'll, we'll put it on our, the link to, to the download on our site. This song is amazing. The lyrics are amazing. The hunter type community will, will absolutely latch on to what Arthur's communicating with this song, not to speak about how beautiful the music is, but that's yeah. exactly it, isn't it? And I and I honestly came to this point accidentally, Michael. I mean, really good enough is is such a great way to summarize our discussion today because that's yeah. what it is. Because we're told from then, oh, your free spiritness, your artisticness is this, not a wiring. There's something, as you said, quote unquote, wrong with you. So how can we not have worthiness issues? And then I tie that into there's first few days when the meditation reminder came up. I didn't do it and I didn't do it. I mean, and it kept coming up. At least I was smart enough not to turn it off. I, I knew there was a reason for me to actually know the feeling of, hey, I'm being reminded of something that's going to help me. I'm being reminded of something that's going to make me better. Nah, I'm not good enough. Really, that's what it was. It took a few months to say I am got up, did it. And then that's where the good habits build. So I, I just had to mention that because all of what you mentioned just got me back to, to, to your amazing song. Good enough. So, um, did you, did, so did your wife and you collaborate on that? Did you like, I'm curious about, uh, you know, from a musician standpoint, Arthur, did you tell her your feelings and she kind of put them into lyrics? How did you come up with no, the that's, for that? No, I wrote, I wrote all those lyrics and they actually came out of, uh, they came, I was in Nashville for the Americana music conference, I think in 2009. And I was literally kind of doing a meditative spiritual exercise and and I, and literally got uh, the chorus, the melody and the chorus lyrics in this wow. meditation. And then wow. uh, uh, and then so recorded those. And then I came back home and this is this is amazing. So this is like I was talking about I was living in Fairfield and uh, and the amazing people of this town um uh, it's Fairfield, Iowa, and it's like the home of the transcendental meditation movement. And I was like, you know, we called ourselves third demographic because we weren't meditators and we weren't, we weren't the, um, you know, townies, Iowa townies. But we lived there for years, and and uh, and so I was at the coffee shop one day, and I was talking to this amazing uh, guy, Rory Goff, who has a book ca- uh, called Wavicles. It's a, uh, I forget exactly, Wavicle theory. I don't know. Anyway, he's like a healer guy and a pretty cutting edge. Uh, 
um, author. So anyways, we're, we're sitting there and, and, uh, and I was like, I got this headache and he's like, Oh, well, you know, this is maybe a little woo woo for some of the, of the listeners, but not for some other ones. So, but anyway, he's like, he's like, Oh, you want me to look, you know, kind of do some energy work on you like at the coffee shop. I'm like, sure. So he starts and then he goes, he looks at me and he's like, so have you kind of checked in with your, like something happened at like five or six years old, uh, um, that you, that some trauma that you need to deal with or something like right around that time period. So I'm, and, and so I have my whole life, literally from the time that I came home from the hospital to, you know, my whole life basically on film. Like my dad did 16 millimeter film and I would narrate this stuff when I was a kid and he'd piece all the stuff together back before there was sound on film. You'd have to sound stripe it and then do it later. So anyway, I was like, oh, well, I'll just go back and uh, watch the video of that time period. So, and literally, this is like, this is this, you know, you guys know this. It's like the synchronicity thing, right? So I put in the tape that I think is right around 1966, 67. And I put in this thing and literally it's that part in the, in the you got to watch the video of Good Enough because we did this amazing video that's, that has both uh, my, you know, this, this historical home movie stuff and then this current of me watching it and dealing with it. It's a really amazing thing that this guy, Siren, X-I-R-E-N, uh, did as a video. He's a Southern California guy. Anyway, so what happened was uh, I literally went home, put the videotape in there, and that part where I'm talking about, you know, I don't want people to see how stupid I am, uh, and I'm on this little, like, these little, uh, 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 what do you call those? Um, they're like the little cars that go around like the ponies at the uh, at the at the um, the fair, and so oh yeah, the Ferris and wheel. I, and I put oh, not the Ferris wheel, the yeah, the merry-go-round. Merry-go-round. Yeah, it's kind of like a merry-go-round, but they're little cars, you know, they're like little race cars, and so and I put my helmet on and I put these glasses on, and in the video, you don't you don't uh, on the home video, you don't hear me say this on the music video, but on the home video, I literally went to this part and I and it said, uh, you know. Oh, I'm putting on my helmet and glasses because I don't want people to see how stupid I am. And I was like, it was uh, like, holy crap, where did that come from? You know, like, and that's the lyric of the song. I mean, it's like, it's literally like I went through this whole process of asking that question <laughs> of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And then just bring it around, you know, that's it. And so, you you know, you the wiring was set. You were not at an age where you could be conscious to say, like, oh, wait a minute, what am I talking? Like, it was just sort of you were on, you were in the passenger seat, seat and then you came back around and uh, just brought some consciousness back in and, and shifted it up. I mean, that's that's the work. That, you yeah. know, that the work is getting out of the, the passenger seat in your life. I mean, wh- whoever you are and whatever journey we're on hunter type or not. I mean, that's the journey of becoming conscious is just recognizing the patterns that you habitually go through and just using that focus, the hyper focus to then turn back around and start to, to unearth some of these things so that we don't have to be completely ruled by these, these patterns that most of the time we didn't set up. Totally. And I think that's, that's like I said, that's going to be, I think that's going to be a further, uh, part of psychological evolution around this piece with the hunter thing. But I think you've, you know, what you've done with the book is really tied in a very holistic, uh, viewpoint. And I got to say, uh, uh, that, that the piece about diet and exercise, especially exercise is like, it's like non, I said this the other day, it's like non-negotiable, 
it's like if I don't do that, it's like I'm just whacked, and it's it's so it's so um, it's so important. Uh, and th- so so you've just brought in like all those pieces in a very in a very uh, organized, you know, a very farmer like fashion. Uh, should I say <laughs> like, fabulous, fabulous? You, channeled, gotta... you were channeling the farmer situation. Do you know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. It's when I'm like, my brain goes the same way, but for some reason, and I notice this in coaching too, like if I'm outside of it and I'm working with someone else, somehow I like, I just turn into Mm. this other person. And so it really helps me in my own wiring to talk to someone else, to be outside of it. I mean, the best thing you could do is become a life coach because it really helps you step outside of yourself mm. and, and see all the same stuff you're looking at, you deal with yourself, but then you're like, oh, it's, you know, oh. you, you're outside of it. That's why I like, you know, I wrote about in the book, the, the co-coaching process, because it's so helpful because as we all have those same challenges, but when you're outside of it for a second, you're like, oh, I, I, you see it so clearly, but when you're inside of it, it's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think that's why, you know, one of my, utopian ideals for, for, for what we're doing here is, you know, you mentioned it a few times. It's amazing. I don't know, Arthur, what artists I've run into that hasn't at one point done the artist way. Um, you know, the artist way turned into this thing where I, I think she the, herself, the author started setting up groups, but then these groups evolved on their own where people were like, Oh, the San Diego chapter. And in this County yeah. of the artist way is meeting Tuesday nights and people just started helping each other. It would be amazing for it would take a hunter type who's got a little farmer in them to organize this, but wouldn't that be amazing if hunter types started getting together in this way, weekly basis, a monthly basis, you know? Because I, I think you nailed it, Michael. I think I haven't run into one hunter type that because I honestly thought I was the only one. My adage throughout my life was, well, you know, a friend would come, they've got an issue, I help them out with it, advice, just perspective. Oh gosh, you're so good at this. And it's like, yeah, I'm much better at giving advice than following it myself. Like, I'm really good at giving it, but look at my life and what a mess it. But I think then when you meet with other hunter types, it's that co-coaching thing. I think it's absolutely yeah. where the power is. I think when we run into each other and then just actually sit down and help each other out, it's all it is. It's like you said, you're turning into someone else. It's a perspective. It's it's putting a mirror up to see that you're you're also, you know, not alone. Um, I, think, I think it's part of the the... The um, this movement that I've been talking to you guys about of this of everything that we're talking about with the hunters thing, and I, I feel like I want to put it out there. Like it'd be great for someone uh, to come up with uh, an acronym, a reframe acronym. Since there's an H in ADHD, that could be the hunter. So coming up with a new acronym for ADHD would be great because I feel like this is the reframe. It's like the the big message is about the reframe. And then, and the, and that's gifts, you know, this is a total gift situation. Mm. And then, then, and then the dealing with all these pieces that, that we have to, to transform that piece so that we can deal in the farmer's world because there is that element that, that has to be dealt with. And so I feel like that's, you know, like in these groups, it's like, I feel like there's something happening here that, that will in also be like you're like a centerpiece for this and as this podcast grows and as people will 
give you guys more feedback. They're going to come up with these ideas and they're, and you know, something's got to happen. And I, I just feel like it's, it's, it's already happening. And it's like you said, it's bigger than all of us as in our, from our conversation the other day, Michael. So I think it's, um, it's, it's, I just commend you guys so much for, for creating the container that we can now, you know, uh, channel some of the energy and tell some of the stories and support each other because it is about supporting each other and and recognizing that it's uh, you know we're not alone number for one. Well, I, Arthur, I gotta say, honest, full transparency. Your your dream, and I think is 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 our dream is 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 this this transformation, this recognition, everything you're talking about, but. You're you're doing it. I mean, you're part of Able Child. I mean, for for those of you out there, go read about Able Child. Go read about Arthur's work on his website with Able Child. You know, we can only do so much because we're each individual one being. We don't have yet each you know ten arms like the the the, the, the gods of gods gods of the Hindu religion to to be able to do ten things. I'd love that, but for right now, I got these two arms, got this one brain, and. You know, one of the things Michael and I have said to each other over and over is from the day we started doing the podcast, there was nothing in it for us. There was nothing we wanted from it, but just to feel like we're making a difference. And that's how you spread that energy to have these kinds of wishes we have for our fellow hunter types to come true. And you're doing it. You're doing it with Able Child. So, you know, don't don't discount what it is that you're doing already that's going to help that. So I guess, you know, that's that's my viewpoint. We we have to wrap up, but uh, there's so much still to discuss. So I have no doubt, Michael, I think we're going to be we're going to be having sit downs with Arthur, hopefully more often for sure. Yes, that most definitely. Arthur. Yeah, it's an honor, Arthur. Thanks so much for 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 tuning in, coming in, and coming on, and, and also just sharing what we're doing. Uh, you've, you're uh, you've really been a gift, and and it's it's really refreshing to have someone that's just almost exactly on the same page, and it's so rare. And you just <laughs> somehow heard the 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 beep, the clarion call, and we all kind of just gathered. So um, I'm intending. Th- things grow as we're talking about here and we we build a movement because i think that's and you know we are we're in the midst of planning some online events coming up soon so uh hopefully we can continue to build the community out oh totally well i think and we're not you know we're just we're not alone there's there, there we're not there's just tons of us and and uh and uh, you guys are just providing a forum for this conversation which is great and i and i and i do want to say that i um for this particular situation i've i've uh i think the links will be in the body of the of the copy but i i'm offering free downloads of good enough and also the title track cracked open and information on my educational programs and just and just what i'm up to so but that we really want to spread that word of just you know this 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 conversation of the reframe of the hunter and the, and the disorder as a as a gift and so i'm so so stoked to meet you guys and be on the show and just uh uh, the journey that is happening because it's it's happening for sure. <laughs> uh, you you yourself, I'll say what Michael's already said. You yourself are the gift. You have shown up uh, for us as 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 more people continue to who who want to be on this show and 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 share their their experiences in being a hunter type. 
Um, your music has been inspirational since we've met virtually. Uh, I'm I'm now Arthur Leland fan. For those of you out there, you know, we used to, when we were covering the chapters, Michael, have homework. I thought of a homework assignment, and it's so simple, and it's something you're going to really, truly enjoy doing. Please, since Arthur is being kind enough to give you a free download of Good Enough, which we'll, we'll give the link to on our site, as well as telling you about Arthur's work, not only his musical work, which expands a wide, wide, beautiful artistic range, but his work with Able Child. Go download this song, and maybe I'm thinking in the morning, I could be wrong, this is my prescription, I'm not a doctor, but I'll play one on TV, but <laughs> play this song with headphones on, and, and listen to the music, and listen to the lyrics, then go check out the video, for yourself if you're a hunter type, or as we've spoken about before, if you think someone is a hunter type, go play this song and 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 listen to the lyrics. And maybe that's how you can help someone is say, listen to this song. It really does say it all from for me as a hunter type. So uh, it's it's a beautiful gift. Arthur, thank you so much for your time. We want to just remind you real quick, as we always do, that we are a small press. Help spread the word, as Arthur has. Arthur found the book, found the podcast. He's been a wonderful, wonderful friend in in uh, sharing what we do here, what we're trying to do here. Um, reviews are really helpful. Please get on social media, engage with us on Facebook. For the book, you can um, leave a review on a website such as Goodreads. For the podcast, uh, iTunes, we would love to get more. We've already had some amazing reviews. Please bring them. You don't know how much inspiration, even a few words and getting that that star rating in there kind of means to Michael and I and, and keeps the inspiration going. If you have ideas on getting the word out, getting this info to institutions, social workers, progressive psychologists, Michael does uh, seminars all the time. So please let us know how we can grow the community as, as, as we've been as we've been saying. Before I do our final, final wrap up, Michael, any closing thoughts on your part? No, I think we we covered uh, having Arthur on has been great. And, and again, you know, we, we get um, a perspective that um, neither one of us have. And so uh, it's refreshing to get um, a completely different take. I mean, I feel like I, I learned a lot from, from just uh, talking to Arthur. Exactly. And I would say uh, the, the big thing, I think the big takeaway from this interview is that uh, there's so many of us mm-hmm. and uh, just putting the call out. And also um, sharing the material. Like I, I wrote it like the very end of the book. If you read the book, I said, you know, take this material, make it your own, share it, test it out. Don't take our word for it. Like experiment and also find your own way through it. You know, create your own systems based, you know, based on what works for you. And uh, yeah, intending uh, peace and harmony and, and, uh, and accomplishment for all the uh, hunter type artists out there. Thank you again to Arthur Leland, our guest today on the Drummer and the Great Mountain podcast. You can find us on drummerandthegreatmountain.com. Um, we will be throughout this podcast definitely playing two of his songs, the ones available for download. We're going to be playing them in full. So if you're in the car, as some uh, some of you are, I know, listening to our podcast, you're going to get to enjoy two beautiful, beautiful songs, Cracked Open and the hit single in my mind of what we do here, which is good enough. What a beautiful thing. Thank you to Arthur. Thank you, Michael, for your time. It's good to get back in the wagon. And uh, my friends in the Hunter community, remember, you are good enough. You are not alone. And please, as always, we say on the podcast, take care of yourselves and your health. Be well. 
And friends, as promised, you're going to hear back-to-back two songs from Arthur Lee Land. First is Good Enough, the song tied to the organization Able Child, an amazing original, very personal tune. And then following right that is the instrumental Cracked Open. Enjoy and take care. Yesterday I watched the videos from when I was a boy I have to say, well, it took me by surprise I heard that little boy say, I don't want people to see how stupid I am It made me wonder, who told him all those lies? I carry this with me every day And I want to let it go I know that I'm good enough Wish that you can understand The price that I have paid to be a man It could have been my big brother I was just a pain in his ass Maybe my mom, cause to her I could never do things right My cheating dad went along with it To keep the peace in the house Now I'm left with this burden at stage five I was a champion of nothing During my school career Hyperactive I was a guinea pig For the little white pills Super bright but it doesn't apply himself Is what my teacher said They wrote me off Another kid lost to the social ills Well I've carried this with me long It's time to let it go Cause I know that I'm good enough Wish that you could understand The price that I have paid to be a man I don't have to prove myself Or justify my worth What I am is only who I am It's who I am Part of me was stolen by my cousins when I was only ten Threw me face down on the bed, I didn't know what was happening These scars are like a magnet, they attract more and more shame But I ain't gonna play the victim, I got no one to blame, no Know that I'm good enough Wish that you could understand The price that I have paid to be a man I don't have to prove myself But just the 